What's going on, everybody? This is KT, the host of Touch Talks, and we're having an interview format style on Touch Talks podcast. You guys can also find me at the United Promotion KT TV. But tonight we're going to be having Kyle G, Kyle Grapone. I've had him recently on an episode of the Anchor Nation, and now we just released his new book. And Kyle, without further ado, give a little intro about yourself, and we'll get right into it, man. Sure, sounds good. Thank you for having me on. Uh, yes, for those of you who may have been listening last summer, uh, came on and talked about my book, which was in the beginning phases, and now we're here to talk about it is uh, published and live and ready to ready for order. So, um, yeah, so those who haven't heard of me so far, haven't heard of me before, my name is Kyle Grappone. I'm a youth motivational speaker. I'm also a published book author, and I uh, basically talk to high school and college students, inspiring them to think about their futures, be prepared for the real world. Uh, basically, my journey started a few years ago after working in corporate America for a number of years and realizing that a lot of people are very unhappy in their jobs, very unhappy with the lives they've created for themselves, and they're really living lives that they never intended on living. Um, and I, got, I get a lot of this information and a lot of this from graduates that I talk to, that I interview or survey, and they talk a lot about not being prepared. So that's really you know what my message is about. And uh, today, uh, I'm here to talk about my book, To the Next Step, which is for high school and college students. Um, it's also for those graduating middle school as well. We have graduation right around the corner, so it would make a great mm-hmm. gift for anybody graduating middle school or high school. And it's really a book about taking control of your future and understanding at a young age you know, what you need to do to set yourself up for success and understanding how the decisions you make today uh, can have long-term impacts. Um, and it's really about going year by year and having goals for yourself and kind of just taking advice from myself and other people who used to be in your shoes as a student and now are in the real world. And, you know, we have a lot to say and we have a lot to share and a lot that we wish we could have done differently. So it's, it's the best type of time machine you're going to have access to because, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't go back in time, but these people, you know, if they could, this is what they would do. And now you can kind of learn, you know, from their mistakes. That's no, awesome, man. Before we even get to the book, just uh, tell talk, tell me, uh, tell the audience a little bit more about just what made you want to go into this and a little bit about the leap of faith you took of getting into this industry. Sure. So, I mean, really for me, it was twofold. First and foremost, I realized after a few years in corporate America working in jobs and cubicles um, that that really wasn't for me. It really wasn't something that I wanted to be doing all the time. Uh, I wanted to have options. I wanted to be able to move around. I really just wanted to be able to create things and, and really be myself. I think at the end of the day, I I really can't be myself most of the time. And that's something that really has always bothered me. So when I began to think about what can I do, what can I, what can I create for myself? How can I, you know, lift myself up and change my own situation? I really kept coming back to speaking um, and speaking about something that I felt was important to me because I'm very good at speaking. Uh, people do get paid to speak uh, quite often, actually. A lot of times when you see somebody speaking at a conference or at your school, they're, they've been paid to be there. Um, so that's something that was really interesting to me. And at the same time, I was really just kind of feeling as if society you know, was really just kind of painting a very bleak picture about the real world. And a lot of people felt like they were, a lot of people were stressed and very anxious. And a lot of people I worked with didn't really like their jobs. And, you know, they were living lives that they, they didn't intend on living. You know, they were kind of waking up one day at the age of 35, 40 years old and saying, wow, I hate my job and I have nothing to show for it. Um, and I thought that was odd because, you know, growing up, you always know that you have, you know, you always know what's coming in a sense of, you know, you're going to be an adult, you know, you're going to work full time. 
You know, you have to, you know, focus on a career or have some sort of career to support you and your family. But I don't, I think that's kind of where it stops. And I think the problem is, is that a lot of people don't really think about it until, you know, it's too late until they actually get into the real world. Um, I think one of our biggest problems, and I say this in every talk I give, is that we ask kids from a very young age, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the problem with that question is that you're asking them to pick something without doing any research, without figuring out the options, without really understanding what is that career? What is the day-to-day like? What are the demands? What do you have to go to school for? Um, You know, and I think what ends up happening is that people kind of take a guess and they choose, you know, college and a major based on this guess. And all the while they're spending all this time and money and then they go into the work and then they're spending, you know, their formative years in an industry and they never really stop to think, does this, does this fulfill me? Does this make me feel satisfied? Do I feel like I'm making a difference? Do I feel like I have control over my life and my destiny and, and, and all that type of stuff? And, and I don't think that's really the case. Because I think a lot of people just say, oh, I'll figure it out later. And when later comes, you know, mm-hmm. they're stuck in a, a job that they don't like and they're stuck in a world that they really weren't prepared for. Um, so I started, you know, as a, I, I basically really a couple of years ago, really just started as a motivational speaker. And I, and I didn't even really try to speak for about six months. Um, you know, I had, my, I had my website set up, but I said to myself, if I'm going to go out there, I need to know exactly what I'm talking about because – I can't just go out and say everyone hates their jobs because that's not true. There are people out there that enjoy their jobs, enjoy their careers, that are making an impact. So it's deeper than that. So I did a lot of research. I surveyed a lot of people. I asked a lot of questions about, um, you know, growing up and, and, and what they did in high school, what they wish they could have done differently. What do they regret? What weren't they prepared for? And that's when it really started to come out. Um, a lot of people, you know, had the same answers. They wish they had you know, spent more time on the college, you know, selection process. That's something we could talk about in a minute. You know, there's a lot that goes into the college application process, but, you know, actually selecting the right college for you as an individual is something that I don't think gets enough, you know, attention. And that's something people regret. I can't tell you how many people I know regret that they didn't look into the student loans they were signing up for. They just blindly signed up for whatever they needed and they're suffering now because of it. They're more anxious because of it. They can't change careers because of it. Um, you know, they have a lot of, uh, a lot of debt. I mean, we have a very big, you know, student loan debt problem because I don't think a lot of people took the time out to understand at the age of 17, like, Hey, 10 years from now, you're still going to be paying these loans off. Um, so that's something that, you know, was important to me, was important to talk to, to students about just really just understanding, you know, what goes into the real world. Um, so that's really what I started to do. And I've been doing it for two years now. I wrote the book. And I'm going to have um, a pretty big announcement coming this summer. Not ready to share it just yet, but, um, you know, I would say, you know, click the, make sure you click the social media links in the show notes and, and, and give me a follow. Cause there's going to be some good stuff coming up, but yeah, I mean, that's really, that's really how I got started on this. It's been about two years now and uh, the, the response has been overwhelming. I mean, everyone I talk to, whether it be someone in education, someone also in speaking or someone that has nothing to do with anything I do. Uh, agrees a lot with what I'm saying. And I've gotten a lot of positive feedback. I feel very strongly about it. And, you know, we're going to see where it goes. But, um, you know, so far, so good. No, it's great, man. And you said some great things about the college application process. We'll probably get into that a little bit later. But let's get back to the just the main inspiration of the book. And then we'll we'll talk about some of the fun stuff and some recently things you did. Uh, so what really what was really the motivation behind and just the inspiration behind the book? Sure. So really what happened was, was that 
I was working, you know, I was writing these blogs, um, blog posts and talking to a lot of people and just kind of finding myself just writing, you know, random things down and just kind of, you know, doing a lot of brain dumps and doing a lot of, you know, just kind of random writing. And I realized that I realized a couple of things. One, I, I started to see how difficult it was to actually get into uh, the schools, uh, mm-hmm. to, to get into schools, to speak. Uh, it's very difficult to find the right person to kind of cut through that red tape. I had a number of schools who were interested and then kind of fell off the map for one reason or another. And I said to myself, I said, if all I do is speak, what I have to say is going to be very limited because I'm basically giving somebody else the power to give me permission to speak. Because if you're, if you're saying that I'm only going to speak if booked, that means somebody has to book me. Somebody has to give me permission to speak. So I said to myself, I said, well, you know, you know, I've always been a good writer, so why don't I write a book? And I mean, I don't mean to say that like, oh, anybody can write a book because it was one of the most challenging things I've ever done. And I'm a pretty good writer on top of it. But mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing was I said to myself, I said, you know, I have a lot to say, so why not write a book? Because if I put it all in a book, I, now I can sell it directly to parents. I can sell it directly to students. I can get it in the hands of the people that really need to listen to it the most. And also it's something that can stick with them. It's something they can read at the beginning of every school year. They can read a couple times throughout college or, or maybe go back to certain chapters. I talk a lot in the book about, you know, make sure you come back to this chapter at this time or make sure you come back to this chapter before your senior year. Uh, so that's really important. And I think that, when I'm, you know, selling this book and this book is going out there, if there's a hundred books floating around, then I'm speaking a hundred times at once. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking to a hundred people. And for example, my book went on sale last week. I woke up in the morning. I sold the book to two people, two people that I had never met before in my life. And those people never would have heard me speak because I wouldn't have been able to reach them through traditional methods because I'd never heard of them before. But they found my book most likely through social media and hashtags and, and how all that works. And now, I mean, my book is on the way to uh, – has landed in, in Illinois. There's someone in Illinois who's reading my book. And who knows who she'll give it to when she's done with it. And for me, that's a really exciting thing because now all of a sudden these my message is now starting to float around the country a little bit. And, you know, when we, I did the pre-order last summer, a lot of people – you know, a lot of people in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. And that's great, but now we have somebody in Illinois. We have somebody in Ohio that bought a book. And all of a sudden, this message is now going to states that who knows if I'll ever speak there. Because right. if I, if, you know, because if I said to myself, well, the only way I'm going to get to Illinois is if somebody pays me to speak. Well, maybe somebody doesn't want to pay to fly me to Illinois because there's all right. speakers in Illinois. You know, you never know. But now the book is out there. And I think one of the great things about the book is it's a it's a starting point because I truly believe if you're a high school or college student, if you read the book, you're going to understand what I'm saying. You're going to be energized because you're going to see there's a lot of things you can do. It's not that difficult to take control of your life. It's not that difficult to take control of your education. And I think what's going to happen is if you really take my advice to heart, because there's no harm in taking my advice. I'm not asking you to do anything radical because no matter what, you're going to come out ahead because you, if you take this advice, and again, it's not just my advice. This is over 100, you know, almost probably now close to 200 graduates who didn't do certain things who have certain regrets who want right. to give advice to people. So if you take that advice, you're going to enter into the real world. You're going to have a better understanding of so many things. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect. You're still going to slip up. You're still going to have jobs that you don't necessarily enjoy, but you're going to be so ahead of the game. And 
a book can do that so much better than anything else because it's something tangible. It's something you can read and you can absorb. Um, I'm still a speaker at heart. I still want to speak. I still take bookings. I still talk, take gigs. Uh, this school year is wrapped up, but I'm talking to a couple colleges about next year. So it's still very much in the works. But the book is a starting point because I think when you read the book, you're going to come back for more. I think you're going to want to learn more. And like I said, over this summer, I'm going to be launching uh, some on-demand courses, some live classroom courses. I'm going to be doing some, I'm going to be launching a student, uh, student success coaching program for one-on-one coaching. So if any of this is interesting to you at all, I invite you to um, follow me on social media, shoot me an email and, you know, let's have a conversation about it. Um, and that'll, that's kind of my very mini sales pitch. But mm-hmm. I think that the, the book is is really a tipping point because I think it's something that after you read it as a student, you realize, hey, there's another way for me to approach this. And I think I should listen to this guy because he's really making some sense. Um, I don't think I say anything necessarily groundbreaking, but I do think that it's time that somebody from the corporate world comes back and says, hey, this is what's coming and you're probably not ready for it because we weren't ready for it, but let's see if we can change that now. So in a way it's kind of a people helping people situation. And that's, I think where I get my most joy out of it. No, I like how you said people, people, people helping people. The more important thing is it's experience from 200 plus graduates and, and just going through that process of getting all that data. And you said all that, what was just, just before we get into more of the college stuff and, and a little bit more about the afterthoughts of the book, what was the process like? It was just explain some of the, your daily activities you were doing while gathering data and, and just the life of writing a book in general for anyone trying to write a book in general. Sure. So for me, it was first and foremost, it was a matter of how am I going to pay for this? Because to give an insight to the book world, unless you are, have a, unless you have a significant following, uh, you're going to have to probably lay out some money for your book because you have to pay somebody obviously to publish it, but you need somebody to format it. You need somebody to edit it, to proofread it. Um, so again, you know, if you can reach a point where you have a following and someone may say, Hey, I'll give you X amount of dollars to write a book and we'll publish it for you. You can get to that point, but when you're starting out and you've never written a book before, you're going to have to cover it somehow. So I got very lucky. I found a company that I did a pre-order with and I got about 50 pre-orders, which helped me with the down payment of the book. So that was the first thing that was the first hurdle to kind of get over. Um, And after that, it really was just a matter of, I broke down every chapter. I wrote down every chapter I wanted to write. And then I just basically wrote down the key points, what I wanted to hit upon and for me personally, it was a matter of I would set, you know, I, I, I run my life on a, on a platform called Smartsheet, which is a project management mm-hmm. platform. And everything I do runs off of this platform. So I have my to do's every day and every day for X amount of weeks, I said I was going to write for an hour and I did, I started the stopwatch and I wrote for an hour and I found that it was very helpful to know, okay, I'm going to write for an hour. That way, I, there was no fatigue writing. There was no writing that was poor because I was tired or was burned out. And I always find that it's helpful when you have when you know what the ending point is. When you know, okay, I can end at this point. I only have to do this for a certain amount of time. I think it's very helpful. So I wrote for an hour, and for me, it was really just it just it just flowed. 
and I was just kind of flowing through, you know, everything that I was thinking was coming out. And then I decided, okay, you know what, we're talking about high school. So every year we're going to have a set of goals and then we're going to cover the goals. And that's how the chapter is going to be. And I just think you just, if you have something to say, you just kind of let it out because you can always go back and edit it, re-edit it, format it and, and clean it up a little bit. Uh, but you know, it's funny people ask me how long did it take you to write the book, and I can't really remember per se. I, I mean, I think I probably started writing it in September, and I know I wrapped up around January. So, okay. you know, uh, but it also is you know, then you go into the the proofreading stage, you go into the editing stage. Right. There's just so much that goes into it. Um, but that's pretty much the process that I went through. But everybody's different. Uh, but the one thing I'll say is that if you if you truly feel like you have something to say in depth, then you should look into writing a book. Don't don't think, oh, I'm not a good writer. You know, try your hardest and whatever publisher you sign on with or if you will decide to self-publish. Um, OK, I mean, there's good and bad about that. But if you decide to self-publish, then you can, um, you know, hire somebody and they'll edit it and proofread and give you suggestions and whatnot. No, for sure, man. It's great. It sounds like the process was very organized. You had the structure. You had the smart sheets. And you just like uh, creativity flow, which is good. You just don't want to also think, well, it's a book. I can get it done anytime I want. But at the same time, there's a certain deadline because I know with you, with school and the structure of the kids, there's certain days, especially around January, you've got winter break for college kids. Kids might be on break. That's a good time to make up time when you're slow. And it ebbs and flows. So that's a good insight just for anybody trying to write a book set goals and boundaries. Now, now we go into the second half of this, um, of the question, what has been the feedback? And you mentioned the book has definitely been traveling to sorts of different places. What's been the uh, feedback from just some of the kids or, or people who've been buying the book that have been given reviews or anything on Amazon or anything like that? Well, we're pretty, we're pretty new into, again, I went on sale last week. So we're pretty, we're just entering into, people reading it and, and, and we're not really at the review stage yet, but a lot of people have gotten it, have flipped through it, read the mm-hmm. first chapter, which I think is really the best chapter um, because it really, the first chapter is called the part of life you don't see coming. And I think that really can, it really hooks people because it's like, Hey, wait a minute. What do you mean by that? And, and right. I think it's been really positive so far. Uh, a lot of people said it's well-written, which is something I take personal pride in. But I think it's also something that's easy to read. It's easy to digest. And it's something that you're going to want to share. You're going to want to share with, with students or give as a graduation gift. I think a lot of people who bought it are, are going to be giving it as a graduation gift. So I think the, the feedback will come over the summer. The feedback will come towards the end of the year when more people who have given it as a gift have read it. Uh, again, it might be something that sits, you know, on a shelf for a little bit with a graduate. Hopefully they'll read it over the summer, but uh, I definitely think the feedback's going to be positive. I'm, I'm very confident in it. I think it's really, uh, I was re rereading it a little bit the other day and I think it's something that is very valuable. I think it's very easy to read and I'm really happy it came out that way because I don't want it to be something that's exhausting. I want it to be something that if you read a little bit every day, you can get through it in a week or two. So, um, yeah, so I mean that's that's where we're at really with with kind of the feedback. It's been all positive so far. Sounds great, man. And you guys can find Kyle's book to the next step 
and the show notes. And you can also DM Kyle on Instagram, Facebook, and all his uh, social media handles for that. Now, switching gears a little bit, we'll get away from the book stuff. And we're going to talk about something you mentioned earlier about the college process and the college application, college uh, loan process and all that. So let's let's take it from the perspective. We'll kind of break it down. We'll start with the uh, incoming freshman college student. And what would be your advice in that process as the incoming college freshman student to just not even from the book, from graduates, what are some things you've seen and uh, read or even written to give to the, the incoming college freshman? Sure. So one of the things I would point out is this. I recently wrapped up uh, the research phase of a research study that I'm, I partnered with a college here in New York and we are going to be publishing probably sometime towards the end of the summer the results of our of our research study. But basically, I surveyed, we surveyed about 20, 25 uh, graduates who are in the working world right now and asked them what, what are graduates lacking. So if I'm talking to a college freshman, I'm letting them know, okay, here's what people who come before you are lacking. So here's what you should be working on. And almost every single one of them said, today's graduates lack communication skills. They don't know mm-hmm. how to speak to coworkers, how to have a disagreement, how to work with people they don't like or deal with a situation they don't feel comfortable in. Uh, and I think that, so it's important that if you're a freshman in college, you do three things. First and foremost, put your phone down. Hmm. Don't Stop relying so much on the phone. We're all so guilty of this. We're becoming such a society. We've forgotten how to speak to each other face to face because what happens is when you have your smartphone all the time, you're basically living in your bubble. You're going on social media apps that are run by algorithms that only show you what you want to see. You're connecting with people on social media that you chose to follow or unfollow. So you're not, you never have to be subject to an opinion you don't like if you choose not to be. But also, we're, on, we're only communicating with each other when we need something. So we're kind of, you know, kind of burying our heads in the sand. If we need something, we pop up, we shoot off an email, we shoot off a text, we get what we need, and then we don't talk to that person anymore. And that's really damaging our communication skills. So I would say to that college freshman, make sure you're putting your phone down. Make sure you're having actual face-to-face conversations with your teachers, with your advisors, with the people in the career center, with people you've never met before on campus, with your classmates, all of these people, because you need to learn how to talk to different people. You need to learn how to talk through problems, talk through solutions. So that's a huge one. Second, make sure you're taking internships. I'm not talking about just the one internship you need senior year or junior year to graduate. I'm talking about multiple internships. I'm talking about opportunities that maybe it's going home for the summer and it's not an official internship, but maybe it's working 10 to 15 hours in an office somewhere. And even if it's entry level, learning how people talk to each other, what goes into working in these environments. Because again, you want to be building those communication skills. You don't want to be blindsided on day one working in an office where everybody expects you to pick things up and you've never worked in an office before. Or you've never worked in that situation before. So make sure as a freshman that you go to your career center. Every college has something called a career center or it could be called something different, but it's an organization, it's a department really that's dedicated to helping you, dedicated to helping you get to you know the next level in your career, making sure you have success after college. So make sure you're going to the career center, you're, you're, you're keeping an eye out for internships, and you're just finding ways to prepare for the next steps in your life. So I would say those are two really big points I would give a college freshman on the communication skills because, again, it okay. seems like that's what a lot of graduates are missing. Um, on the other side of it, to anybody who's going away to school, I would say that when you get that class schedule, 
make sure you're creating your own schedule and you're actually scheduling set times to be in the library. Because what's going to happen is, is that you're going to be a freshman and you're going to want to go back to the dorm. And there's always going to be people in the dorm that aren't studying, that aren't doing work. And you might get mm-hmm. distracted by that. And now all of a sudden you get distracted. You're not studying as much because nobody's hounding you to. Maybe you stay up a little too late and you don't go to class because nobody's making you go to class and your grades suffer. And maybe you fall behind or you're not learning what you need to learn. I mean, there's a lot of things that can go on if you're not prepared for them. And I highly suggest students create a study schedule where, for example, if you have class from 10 to 11 and then you have class at one, go to the library for two hours. Even if you don't have a lot of work to do, you can review what you just learned. You can get a head start on future work. Or maybe you can just, you know, sit in the library and, and kind of hang out and, and, you know, read some articles and learn something. Maybe do some networking with people that are either in your classes or alumni. But, you know, make sure you're dedicating time throughout the day in between classes. And ideally, if you can prevent going back to your dorm until four or five o'clock at night, one, you're going to know that you did a good job that day. You put your time to good use. You got everything done. But you're also getting yourself into a work ethic which is waking up early, going to class, and then working an entire day. Because if you start to do that year in and year out, it's going to be a lot easier to then go into the workforce because you're not going to be blindsided by, oh, wow, I can't believe I have to work for eight straight hours. You can say, you know what, I kind of did this in college, so I am kind of used to this. Uh, So those are my big points that I would give the incoming freshman class. Perfect, man. That's great. I like how you said balancing, right? Balancing and being productive at, of course, you can't do it every minute of your life, but use the time wisely. Use it. And sometimes using 10 minutes of effective networking is better than just sitting there for an hour 50 and saying, well, I let it go by. So just even 10 minutes of getting one or two connections, as you said, and being effective in your, your research, in a sense, being those research and, and find those street smarts too. Because at the end of the day, Book smarts are great, but if you can also have the street smart sense and communication, you'll go further. Now we'll switch your gears to the, to the, let's say the, the college senior, the about to be the graduating senior. Uh, what would you advice would you give to those people who are about to enter the real world now? For, for graduating seniors, I would say a few things. I would say first and foremost, understand that your career is a marathon. Um, it's not a sprint. So you may enter your first year job and you may have be you may be really excited about it, but it might not be the most exciting thing for you. You may have to do things you don't want. You might not necessarily enjoy the people you work with or the company you're in, because as a <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, as a as an entry level employee, you're back to the bottom of the totem pole again. So you're going to have to do a lot of the stuff nobody else wants to do. Uh, you may have to take a job with a company you might not be so thrilled about, simply because you need to get your foot in the door. So don't get discouraged. Don't think you need to go back to school or or change your career or quit and do this or do that. Make sure that you understand that it is a long-term thing and that that first job, maybe you work there for a year and then you move on. Maybe you work there for six months and if you're really not learning anything and then you move on. But make sure that if if you've spent your time wisely, that means you studied hard, you learned what you needed to learn, you took those internships, and you feel comfortable and confident this is the career you want, don't get sidetracked because maybe that first job uh, is a little, you know, boring or not exactly what you thought it would be. Uh, As far as entering the workforce and entering, you know, working a job and entering the office, I would say that 
the the biggest advice I give, especially in the second to last chapter of my book, is kind of keep keep your head down, keep your mouth shut. Um, okay. There's no there's no need to be the funny guy. Uh, it's important to understand that when you're at work, you're not with friends, you're not at a party, you don't know who's got who's got what kind of background, you don't know who's going to talk to who, and you don't want to offend anybody. You don't want to get off to the wrong foot. Uh, you don't want to speak out too much in a sense of, oh, well, we should do this or we should do that because the people you're working for have been there. Now, if you have a great idea, by all means, speak up. And as you feel more comfortable, if you feel like you need to be a little bit of a disruptor, that's fine. But in that first couple of months, it's a lot easier to just kind of keep your head down, ask a lot of questions, uh, just be kind of quiet and just understand that, you know, no one is expecting you to learn everything right away. Nobody's expecting you to know everything on your first day. So don't get overwhelmed by that. Uh, the first couple of days can be very overwhelming because you're, you know, you're showing your desk and you're given all these passwords and then you're, you know, you might have access to seven or eight different platforms and then you, you will find yourself in meetings right away. A lot of times, uh, you know, you'll just get invited to meetings and you won't know what's going on and people will be talking very fast and it can be very overwhelming, but realize that everyone understands you're a graduate, you're brand new you know, and you're taking your time and understand and also understand that whatever you're working in is not forever. If you have decided after six, eight, 12 months that you really don't want to do that job anymore, this career isn't for you. You can look at alternatives. You can look at other jobs. Nothing is forever. Um, but I would just suggest that you keep those type of things in mind, because I think a lot of graduates get very overwhelmed and they also get very disappointed because they know what their career is. They've learned all these wonderful things, but then you get into a job and like marketing is a great example. Like you, you can get a marketing degree and learn about social media advertising and search engine optimization, uh, digital ads, email campaigns, event planning, all these amazing things, right? But then you might get an entry level marketing job and you might be doing uh, data. You might be doing research. You might be doing data cleanup or uh right typing out very generic emails or you might be working a booth somewhere and you might be saying, wow, this really isn't what I signed up for. But that is what you signed up for because every company has that. It has those low-end tasks. It has that thing. And you're really just building your resume and you're really just building your story. Like you said that, yeah, because at the end of the day, no matter what, the great thing about communication too, and that's probably the reason, number one reason why, is if you can communicate too, you can also be flexible in your adaptability. And change is not only nothing lasts forever, but change does pretty much mean adaptability and, it, and it's constant. So the constant equivalent of change and being open-minded to, staying open-minded, doing the, the protocol, doing as much as you can in the optimal times of the year, especially in the summer when certain people may say, well, you can do whatever you want, but if you can optimize that time and do what you got to do and go above and beyond, in the moments needed, you'll get far. Now, we're switching gears here because we'll go to now the incoming high school student because this is definitely the next generation that's moving up on the world. They're definitely becoming more of the face of the forefront. So before we talk about incoming high school advice, what are some trends you see about today's generation, let's say from sixth to eighth grade? Um, I would say what I see in general about younger generations is – a couple of things. One, they are very attached to their smartphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, smartphones really did not become a thing until pretty much I graduated. I didn't have a smartphone until 2011. I was a little late to that game. 
But smartphones really came alive right when I graduated high school. And they were not, they were not, it wasn't, it, it wasn't until about 2011 when everyone had an iPhone in their hand. And it really wasn't like that in college. Uh, so for me, it's interesting to see sixth graders, seventh graders with smartphones in their hands, uh, reading things that maybe they shouldn't be reading or looking into things or forming opinions or really just spending their free time on a phone instead of thinking about things, instead of being creative, instead of having conversations. It's very concerning because a lot of times the best ideas come from when you're bored or from when you have time to think. And if you're constantly distracted by something on a screen, when are you thinking? When are you creating? When are you letting your imagination build? Yeah. Uh, you're being constantly occupied. So I think that that's something I find very concerning about younger generations. And I also think that, and I've said this before, I think younger generations, because of the smartphones, because of social media, they're so in tune now to what's going on in the world. Anytime something bad happens in this world, it's all over the place. Right. So I think what happens is younger generations see that. Day in and day out, they see all these awful things going on, all these people who need help. And then they go into jobs that have nothing to do with helping people. And I think a lot of them say, what am I doing with my life? I'm not helping people. Look at all these problems in the world. And subconsciously, they think they're wasting their time. Even though you can do something great and amazing and incredibly helpful, and it doesn't have to be helping people in need. You can do something in any industry and make an impact and make a positive change uh, positive change and a positive impact but i think what's happening is that we're just so in tune to what's going on and we're it's being shoved down our throats all the time that we're kind of really having an odd world view and an odd view of careers and i think that's why you see a lot of you know these these middle school students high school students become college graduates and become like today's quote-unquote millennials you, you read so much about millennials and how they job hop so much it's because they think that they need to be doing something super impactful and something super meaningful. And if they work somewhere for six or seven months and they're not making a difference, then they have to leave. And that's not really the case. It goes back to what I said before about, about paying your dues, about doing research, about understanding and working your way up and understanding that it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Uh, and I think what's happening is that younger generations are becoming this instant gratification generation. And we all are to an extent. I mean, if you think about it, we all have multiple apps that are giving us so many things, you know, at the tip of our fingers. Right. And then we enter the workforce and things don't happen as fast as we want to. And we don't know how to handle it because in no one, nowhere else in our life do we have to wait a year to move up somewhere. Right. Uh, I mean, it, w corporate America is the only place you got to work somewhere a year before you get a, before you get what you want. Right. You know, and I think the problem is younger generations that they want to listen to a song, they can listen to it right away. If they want something delivered to them, it's delivered to them right away. I mean, Amazon can get you anything in the world yeah. in 48 hours for free. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, when you grow up for 10, 15 years, when everything you want is there at a snap of a finger and you're constantly being occupied and constantly being entertained. And now all of a sudden I'm asking you to work hard for eight hours a day uh, and you can't be on your phone and you can't always do stuff that's fun and you're not going to get that pay raise you want until, you know, 10, 11, 12 months from now. I, I don't know. I, I don't think they can really handle it. And I think it's becoming more and more of a problem. And that's why my book is really focused on long-term thinking and long-term planning, because it is a long game. Uh, you do have to think about the, the entire length of, you know, your schooling and the entire length of your career, not just what's happening 
you know, right now. Absolutely, man. I think that's great that you said a lot of those points because at the end of the day, we are getting very connected, you know, well, connected and unconnected. We're getting connected to our devices, but we're getting, and this probably stems with the communication. We're not communicating. We're not really, and we, we're not really spending time on PD, personal development. We're not really spending time, at least the, the younger kids, they're not spending time on the moving factors. What's going to really make me tick? They're not really looking at that. Instead, they're, they're looking for that instant gratification. And they're looking for, well, let me have the result right away. But if they take a step back and actually realize that, hey, I have to work for something, then we can really move forward. So now we'll kind of just reframe the questions. Knowing that information, now what would you say to the incoming uh, freshman high school student? An incoming freshman high school student, I would say the time to take control of your education and your future is now. Uh, it's time to start to start to do things that make you an adult. Start to understand that you're not too young. You're not a kid anymore. But actually, let me take that back. Start to understand that you have a choice to make. You can still be a kid. You can 100% spend your entire high school existence being a kid. You can, you can just do it just enough to get by, then run home, play video games, hang out, do whatever you want, barely touch your school books, not think about college, not think about the future, and let your parents do everything for you. You can do that. But what's going to happen is you're not going to be prepared for college. You're not going to be prepared for an adult. And you're going to live a life that you don't want to live. You're not going to be ready for it. You're going to be in a career you don't like because your options are going to be limited. You're going to be very overwhelmed when you get to the real world because you spent the last eight years letting your parents do everything for you. So if you're a college freshman, you're in, you should look at this as the beginning of a road. You're starting to become an adult now. Or high school freshman, my bad. High school, yeah, high school yeah. freshman, yeah. you're starting to become an adult now. So you need to understand that, okay – I'm going to, first and foremost, I always, I say in my book, in the beginning of freshman year, write down a list of every single thing your parents do for you. And then each year, take something important off that list, whether it be waking yourself up, whether it be cooking your own food, making your own doctor's appointments, things that you can get used to now. So when you're in the real world and you have all those bills to pay and those student loans to pay back and you're living in your own apartment, you have 19 different things to do. And oh, by the way, you have to work 40 to 50 hours a week. You're used to some of this by now. So you can thrive instead of just barely surviving. So take over things that your parents are doing for you. Start to take responsibility. Start to understand that school is there for a reason. Your education is there for a reason. You might not like math. You might not like history. But you should like the idea of controlling your future. So you should be working hard. You should be taking advantage of those opportunities. And what you should be doing throughout high school, starting freshman year, is figure out, and this is the main theme of the book, what type of person do you want to become? Right. And if you figure out what type of person you want to become, figure out what jobs are associated with that. You don't have to make any decisions. That list of jobs that I'm asking you to make can be as long as you want it to be. But make a list of jobs and then use those high school years. Talk to people that are working in those jobs, in those careers. Sign up for LinkedIn. Go to your guidance counselor and ask them to connect you with people. There are ways to find people to connect with working professionals and spend those years researching those jobs just so you can have an idea of, this is if I want it, if I want this job, I want this career, this is what I have to go to school for. This is what the hours are going to be like. This is what the pay is going to be like. You can find the pay on Glassdoor for a lot of jobs. And it's not always going to be super accurate, but you can understand that, okay, hey, this job isn't going to really pay a lot at first. Are you okay with that? Can you afford that? If no, then maybe you should be moving on to something else. Uh, you know, what is your what is your day-to-day like? Um, classic example. You know, I, I read an article the other day that talked about don't follow your passion. And I think that's something a lot of people write just for clickbait. 
Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because I, I talk about passion a lot, but I talk about research your passion. And what I mean by that is that you might be passionate, for me, example, like I'm passionate about sports, but I don't want to work in sports because if you work in sports, you're working the weekends, you're working in the evening because that's when the big games are. And you're missing the big games because you have to work. And that's not a lifestyle I want. I want to be able to spend time with family and friends on the weekends, on the evenings. Um, so as much as I love sports, I wouldn't take a job in that industry. So, and the reason I wouldn't do this is because I did the research and I understood what went into that job, what those hours were. So as a high school freshman, starting in September, my biggest things are start to take over things your parents are doing for you. Start to take responsibility for those things. And most importantly, start to get serious. Start to change your mindset. Wake up every day and go to school and say, you know what? I'm going to take control of my future because I want to have control. I want to be in my 30s and my 40s doing something that I enjoy, something that brings me satisfaction, fulfillment, and something that's aligned with my passion, aligned with the person I want to be. And the great thing is it can start at 14. It can start when you enter high school, but it's only going to start if you understand what's coming 10 years down the road. And I think that's the biggest thing because a lot of 14-year-olds are not thinking about the day that they enter the workforce because they, they say to themselves, I'll figure it out later. But I'm here to tell you, later comes a lot faster than you think it's going to. No, that's great, man. That's great information because at the end of the day, not only is uh, you know, later is going to be right now and the end, just the way time flies, but if you can take those three, four things, you just start one step at a time and say, hey, let me, let me do something that my parents did. Check it off. Let me take a day. Have those small victories. Those small victories, too. It's okay to take those small victories and say, okay, a couple small wins a week. And you can add yourself up to something big by the end of June. And I think that's the key, man. If you just keep taking those small wins, like you said, and just really making a checklist, writing things down, being intuitive, uh, finding ways to hook up and connect with people, going to your, your elder statesman, in a sense, a guidance counselor's uh, LinkedIn is a great networking tool. Or just even, even on, and this is another thing I'll add in there too, just even on social media, man, if use it for the good. You know, it, it's there. Yes, it's instant gratification. Yes, people like to see, well, I got 100 likes on my post, all that. But if you really take time and if you, if you want to just talk to somebody who's in that industry that is up and coming, ask them what, what it's like to be X, Y, and Z. What is, you know, pick their brain. It's okay to pick their brain, ask for help. And if we can, and we can, I'm sure you probably have seen this too. If it's okay, if it's not, you know, acting like a dope or vulnerability if you're asking for help. That's a great thing. The more you can ask, the more you're inquisitive and curious, the more you can get further for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, asking questions is paramount. I think you need to be doing research. You always need to be understanding what's coming next, understanding what your job is going to be like, because I think a lot of people, if they took the time out to research their careers, wouldn't have done these careers. Uh, Perfect. I also think that they wouldn't have done these careers or they would have had a career, but they would have been more choosy about what organization that they worked, they worked for. Uh, you know, maybe they still would have been an accountant, but they would have worked at an organization that was close to their heart or close to something they're passionate about. Uh, I think a lot of people just got a degree for the sake of getting a degree and never really asked a lot of questions. And that's why we have the problem we have now. No, that's perfect. Man. I think that's a great way to end it there. Uh, just great thoughts, Kai. I appreciate you. But before we go, man, do you want to just plug anything else? Uh, coming up in June or anything you're working on that's in the immediate future? Absolutely. So yeah, in the, sh- in the show notes is the link from my book. So I invite you to go ahead, check that out, place an order. Uh, if you play, if you order the print version, uh, it's print and digital digital is available. Uh, you'll get 
three versions of the book, so you can literally read it on any platform you want, any device you want. If you order the print version, I will autograph it myself for you. So that's uh, that's a pretty cool incentive, but you can go ahead and check that out. Graduation season's right around the corner, so please go ahead and uh, buy that as a graduation gift. I think it's a great graduation gift. That's why we planned the launch when we did. Uh, so that's the book. I invite you, please follow me on social media. I'm going to have a lot of great stuff coming up. I post videos every Wednesday called Kyle's Corner, a little snippet of uh, kind of going in depth about a specific topic. Again, it's great content to share with the students in your life. Uh, and other than that, just please keep an eye out. I'm going to be announcing some pretty big stuff, some courses you can take. Uh, and lastly, if you're interested in student coaching, if you have a student, if you have a coach in your life, uh, excuse me, student in your life that you think could could use some guidance and some benefit from somebody who's been in the real world, somebody's been in their shoes, uh, please hit me up on social media, shoot me an email, visit my website. There's a lot of ways to get a hold of me, and we can have a conversation about coaching. Uh, but yeah, man, there's a lot of great stuff going on. Uh, so please, uh, you know, check out the book, check out the social channels, and uh, Kevin, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate it. Guys, everyone of the KT, KT TV fans, the United Promotion fans, definitely give Kyle um, a follow. Give him a, a check. Guys, he's got some great things. And to anyone, this is the last thing I'm going to say, to anyone trying to get into either Kyle's field or just asking questions, feel free to especially not only hit him up, but hit anybody up you're looking for as a mentor. It's important to find mentors in today's day and age. Kyle, it's been a pleasure, my man. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you.